It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, coming down in three, two, and one. All right, it is another crossover Wednesday right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. Bill Rossetti, Locked On Panthers. Lions and Panthers coming up Sunday from Ford Field. And the Locked On crossover on a Wednesday is brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. Matt Derry in Detroit, and here's Bill Rossetti covering the Panthers. What's up, bud? Hey, Matt. How you doing, buddy? Good to get back with you. After we talked last year, it was a good time. I was... This was one of the crossovers I was looking forward to, actually getting ready to getting excited to chat with you about the Lions. Thanks, brother. Yeah, last year you guys uh, obviously came into Detroit and, and really had your way. It was the Ed, it was the Ed Dixon show, um, yeah. and and, and uh, you know he had a touchdown uh, earlier this year for the uh, Seahawks against the Lions, so he kind of owns the Lions. Um, but uh, tell me a little bit about Carolina, what the Panthers are up to. Certainly, a, a, a you know a, a team that. That is one of the better ones in the NFC, but you wouldn't have known it last Thursday. I mean, they got absolutely slaughtered in Pittsburgh. What's been the reaction? Yeah, it's been uh, – that, that was a real shocker, to, to say the least. Um, you know, the, the game started off so good for the Panthers. The first drive was just – they just marched down the field. You thought everything was going to look good. It was going to be a shootout like we all expected. I mean, I, I thought both these teams were going to put up about 30 points and be a back-and-forth battle. And then a couple big plays for the Steelers, namely the 75-yard touchdown for Juju, and then the pick six thrown by Cam, and things just went completely south. But you know they had a couple days to kind of recharge, and you know, they're back at it this week. I think they're ready to shake off that uh, that rust a little bit, and I think they've got a little bit of anger inside. And unfortunately, the lines are just next are just right in their way as far as uh being the team that might have to take the brunt of all that pent-up anger yeah you know you you talk about detroit uh you know here's carolina at six and three and 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 we all watched the game on last thursday and like you said kind of surprised at how the steelers ran away from the panthers but right now here in detroit bill it's rough it's uh today was announced tj lang out for the year with a sore neck with a neck injury his career may be done you got guys like Marvin Jones not practicing, Ashawn Robinson, some of their key guys, Marvin the wide receiver, Ashawn the, the defensive tackle, Darius Slade didn't play last week. Um, and this is a team that's reeling right now. And Matthew Stafford taking some heat from the fans and from some of the talking heads here in Detroit. And uh, at three and six, uh, I wouldn't want to be seeing an angry Panthers team and Cam Newton coming to town. So. That's kind of the story here, man. It's it, it's not a good scene, and you know we saw Carolina kind of have their way last year with the Lions at Ford Field uh, and put a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford in that game. And, and I guess I understand and saw some of the comments from Julius Peppers the, this week that already the Panthers are questioning how good they can be up front in, in getting to the quarterback. That's been a problem, huh? Yeah, that that, that was another thing I talked about before last Thursday's game with the Steelers was how both offensive lines were really just so good at protecting their quarterback over the last couple of weeks. It really was going to come down to who would be able to generate pass rush. And unfortunately for the Panthers, they put up 
very little pass rush on Ben Roethlisberger. So it doesn't surprise me that they're kind of reeling a little bit and left wondering what happened and how they can get better. So, and, and then the offense on, on the same token, the offensive line really struggled, especially the interior. Uh, you know, I think it was what four sacks, something like that. I forget the exact number, but I mean, Cam Newton took a beating last week against the Steelers. So that's really going to be the key, or at least one of the keys uh, in terms of protecting Cam and then, just the, these, this uh, defensive front, uh, you know, because they've done such a good job of rotating all these guys and really getting pressure. But like I said, the lack of it against the Steelers really showed, and it was one of the key reasons why they got blown out. So I, I think that's definitely a unit. I, I think Peppers is right. This is definitely a unit that has to step up, uh, in, at least in this game, to try to you know, protect the secondary because you you still have some some decent webs. You mentioned you know, Marvin Jones is hurt, but uh, I, I'm still a fan of Kenny Galladay. He's he's a guy that can kind of burn you at any given moment. So uh, rattling Stafford, who and it's surprising to see he's getting a lot of heave. I mean, I guess I'm surprised, but not surprised. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's just been a, a couple years of frustration now, not necessarily from Stafford, but it's just kind of now the. The fact that they're not winning as much as they had been in the past, I, I guess the fans seem like they're starting to get a little fed up with it. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. And, and here's the thing, Bill. If Stafford would come out, and, and look, press conferences are press conferences. You and I both know that. But you know, if he would come out and say, you know what, put this on me, or this sucks, I'm sick of losing, and I'm going to have a talk with these guys, or something, he gives you absolutely nothing. The only thing you get out of him is from his wife on Instagram where she blasts the media or blasts the fans for ripping on her husband. So that kind of puts him behind the eight ball. He's a tremendous person. He's a, he's well-liked in the room. Uh, Matt Patricia finally today kind of came out and defended him a little bit and said, this is our quarterback. We're, we're lucky to have him. Uh, didn't really deflect all the blame off of him today, but did kind of say there's some other things going on schematically, and I think he kind of threw the offensive line under the bus a little bit, but Stafford hasn't performed really the last three weeks. Now, two of those last three weeks, Minnesota and Chicago on the road, they didn't have Golden Tate, and I've been uh, beating the drum, and I'm one of the only ones left, uh, of how big of a loss that was that at three and four in a bad division with two division games in front of you to trade your best offensive weapon in Golden Tate, and you could argue Marvin Jones is better. You could argue Kenny Galladay's better. You could argue Carryon Johnson's better. But I think, my opinion, Golden Tate was the the straw that stirred the drink, the safety valve for Stafford on a third and nine. You dump it to Golden Tate five yards out, and he gets you those four, five, six, seven, eight yards in a first down. And that's gone. And so Stafford should take some heat. Uh, the passer rating has been down over the last few weeks. All three losses. The offense is not performing. He hasn't made anybody better. And in 10 years now, I think fans are getting a little bit tired of it. So no one's saying he sucks, per se, Billy. But, you know, there's there's that perception out there that he's just uh, he's not getting it done. And now at 3-6, and six, how much longer are they going to lose with him? But the issue is they just gave him a, a brand-new $27 million a year contract. It's almost like it's untradeable. I mean, you, you, are you really going to trade that and, and take that kind of cap hit? Uh, I'm not sure that's going to take place here. And I kind of talked about it on my podcast as well, or just kind of noted it. It, it does seem like the Lions took us a, a pretty decent step back 
on offense with the trading of Golden Tate. Now, you know, you can argue on the Eagles' side how much of a good trade. I know there's already people starting to chirp whether that was a good trade for the Eagles because they didn't really use them Sunday night against the Cowboys, but there's no doubt that this Lions offense is completely different without Golden Tate. I agree with you. Excuse me. Excuse me, sorry. I I agree with you. Golden Tate definitely was, I I think, one of the the key cogs in that offense. So it it does seem like it's limiting what the Lions can do on offense. But I'll I'll tell you what, I'm a big fan of on Johnson. It's nice to see him finally getting the usage that we kind of thought he would going into the season. You know, it took him a little bit, took him a, a few weeks, I guess, maybe just to get comfortable with the system, whatever the, the case may have been. But right. nice to see him finally be kind of that feature back in Detroit. I mean, he was a great running back coming out of Auburn. Obviously, uh, they traded up to get on Johnson in the second round with a guy like Darius Geis still on the board. So obviously Detroit really liked what they saw in Johnson, and now you're starting to see it. But other than that, it just seems like there's not a whole lot now to this offense without Golden Tate. Am I right? You are. Uh, the tight end position has been non-existent. Sands one game where uh, Michael Roberts caught a couple of touchdown passes, one of their mid-round picks two years ago in Miami. He had a good game. Luke Wilson was a free agent signee that really hasn't worked out. They've, had, they've got a couple other guys that they sparingly use. Um, so the tight end position's kind of null and void. Uh, replacing Golden Tate, they put Theo Riddick in the slot at times. He's a good yak guy, but he's not like Golden Tate in terms of explosiveness. Uh, TJ Jones and, and Brandon Powell are there too, but they're very ordinary. And Yeah, they do miss Golden Tate. And the offensive line hasn't gotten it done, Bill. Uh, you know, For your listeners listening here on, on Locked on Panthers, um, Matt Derry, Locked on Lions. By the way, Bill Rossetti, Locked on Panthers. It's our Wednesday crossover. Sixteen sacks, Bill, for 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 the opposition. Ten from Minnesota two weeks ago. Six last week from the Bears, including two from Khalil Mack. So if the Panthers are sitting there going, "Man, we can't get to the to the quarterback," this is the week to do it. <laughs> Playing on that fast track indoors at Ford Field, uh, and the Lions just aren't blocking people right now. And now you got T.J. Lang gone for the year. Um, you know, who else is getting to the passer? I, I, Julius Peppers obviously is there, but but who else? Who else is trying to get to the passer? And do they blitz this Sunday? Mario Addison's the the first name that comes to mind if you're crossing off Julius Peppers. I mean, the, the, the Panthers are a team, and they've been doing a nice job really for most of the season. It's it's not just a couple guys; they rotate pretty well in the really all along the defensive line. So you'll see. Mario Addison get after them. You'll see F.A. Obata get after him. You know, for those, he, he's not a household name, I'm sure, for a lot of people outside of those that follow the Panthers. So just a quick note, he was the player that came to the Panthers in 2017 as part of the uh, International Pathway Program, I believe they call it. And he spent the season on the practice squad in 2017, and he was actually kind of an extra practice squad player because the NFL gave those teams in the NFC South and this year the NFC South and the AFC North kind of an, an extra player with these international players. But as it turned out, Obata ended up on the active roster because he just played so well in the preseason that he really earned uh, a, a, he earned an active roster spot. And when he's on the field, he plays well. He just gets after other offensive linemen. He gets after the quarterback. So, you know, they're – 
there's always a chance now that he could break out. There was one I, I forget which game it was against, but I know he had, I think it was like an interception and a sack and maybe a fumble recovery. He, he, he just had a huge, it was the week he was a uh, defensive player of the week, I believe. It was like week three or something. Uh, so he'll get after it. You'll see, you'll obviously K1 short, the, the stud defensive tackle. You'll see a little bit of Dontari Poe. So, I mean, this, this is a, a front line that just just always gets after you from all different angles. You know, and you might see Shaq Thompson cough the edge a little bit. So, but for, for the most part, I think the Panthers just feel like they can get after you with, with their front four. So, if, if the Lions' offensive line is struggling, like you said, then they, they could be in for a long day on Sunday. Matt Derry and Bill Rossetti talking Lions and Panthers right here, locked on. Crossover edition on a Wednesday brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. Don't forget, everybody, sign up for MyBookie and bet your games. If you want to take Carolina minus four, heck, if there's anybody left here in Detroit listening that wants the Lions plus four, place to place your bets and a place to really make your money and see your money right away is MyBookie. You go online to MyBookie, you log in, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Use the promo code Locked On, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. You put in a hundred bucks, they give you a hundred dollars free play. Thousand, same type of thing. You want to do this after seven o'clock at night and log in and sign up? It's simple. Put in Locked On twenty five, and you'll get an additional twenty five dollars uh, with the free play on top of the money that you put in. They're really the best. Great online reviews, awesome uh, spreads and lines. And they're really the place to go, all right, for your betting purposes, whether it's NBA games, um, whatever it is, uh, you know, NFL, college. It is my bookie, and they sponsor the Lockdown Crossover. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN. It's my bookie. This is David Harrison of the Lockdown Commanders Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so we're back. Lions and Panthers talk here on the Lockdown Crossover. Matt Derry in Detroit. Bill Rossetti. Covers the Panthers, Lions, and Panthers. Carolina, by the way, a four-point favorite, Bill, on Sunday. Does that uh, sound about right to you? That sounds about right, yeah. The, like we talked about before the break, the Lions offense has been struggling. Defense doesn't look like there's a whole lot there either. It doesn't seem like they're generating much of a pass. So it, just, it just seems like a bit of a mess all over the place. So even on the road, not surprising. The Panthers all around just look like the better team, and you mentioned the fact that it's indoors, it's on turf. I think with all the playmakers the Panthers have, it just is really setting up very nicely, I think, for the Panthers to really get a lot of their their playmakers involved. And I'm really curious what you th- how you think these lines are going to try to defend a lot of these Panthers playmakers because they've just been utilizing so many players. It's not just Cam Newton and the Christian McCaffrey. It's a whole plethora of players. So what do the Lions do to try to slow down this Panthers offense? Well, like you said, last year was the tight ends that killed them with Ed Dixon. 
Uh, we joked about it earlier. Um, you know, I I was a big Kelvin Benjamin fan, and I know that that's that's a that's a that's a saga for another day. Is obviously he's no longer there and is in Buffalo. But the McCaffrey thing is is interesting because the Lions. I think this year we've seen more of some running backs coming out of the backfield that have hurt Detroit as opposed to the tight end. And and it starts with middle linebacker Jared Davis having to both be a spy on Cam if he's going to run and maybe guard uh, uh, McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. That's where the Lions are very weak. Jared Davis is a first-round pick, and um, I just I just don't think he's a very good football player. And so, to me, that's that. those are the types of matchups with McCaffrey against either Davis or Christian Jones that I would be exploiting if I'm the Panthers. And like you said, Cam got beat up last week and, and hit hard a couple of times by the Steelers. Well, the Lions could not get a finger on Mitchell Trubisky, who is the NFC's Offensive Player of the Week, threw for over 350 because, quite honestly, he had all day. And if Darius Slay is going to be out and, and not healthy, uh, that's going to be a, a big a big loss for the Lions. He really is one of the better cornerbacks in the league and, uh, you know, covers half the field. He's really good. Um, and if he's there, that that's a huge asset for the Lions. But last week against the Bears, Billy, they, could, they couldn't get pressure. They couldn't guard anybody in the secondary. There were guys running free all day. It's one of the worst per- defensive performances I've seen in a while. And again, they hired Matt Patricia to fix this, to scheme it. Uh, you ask a good question. What do they do? I haven't seen a lot of blitz packages. I haven't seen a lot of... It's been a lot of vanilla stuff where... They utilize the outside linebackers as rush ends almost. It's kind of a pseudo 3-4. The one guy to watch out for, though, is Snacks Harrison. The pickup from the Giants a couple of weeks ago in a trade, he's been tremendous against the run. So if you're going to try to run McCaffrey or any, anybody else up the middle, good luck. I think Snacks is, has been the guy. What, what's, what's Carolina doing offensively right now that um, has worked for them? A, a lot, really, to, to say the least. But, um, you know, like I said, there's just so many playmakers. You're, you're starting to see DJ Moore get involved more in really all levels of the field. Uh, you put him in the slot. You can you can throw it to him deep. He's just all over the field. He's really starting to show flashes of that big playmaking ability that he had at Maryland and showing the reasons why the Panthers really just kind of fell in love with him in the first round of the draft and why they picked him over a guy like Calvin Ridley as the first receiver off the board. You're seeing Jairus Wright, who I continue to say is one of the more underrated free agent pickups across the league. I think he's become a guy that Cam Newton has really built a lot of trust in on third down because it just feels like a lot of his catches have come on third downs and they've been catches that will move the chains. So he's, he's just become kind of that surefire possession guy. And then Devin Funches, I, I think Devin Funches is finally starting to see the light. It's, it's not like he's a, a superstar or an elite receiver by any means, but he, he gets his, he gets his catch. He does, he kind of does his thing and, uh, you know, it's nothing fancy. Just throw it up to him. Let him use his big frame to kind of, box out of the defenders, but it's it's just a whole collection of talent and you know, e- even the guy like Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I, I was going to bring him up because fans here hate him because of uh, what he did to Michigan a couple of years ago in that overtime, uh, the spot game with uh, JT Barrett. Boy, Curtis Samuel, you get the ball to him in space, look out. 
I mean, we saw it against the, the Buccaneers a couple weeks ago. Get him. We, we saw that double reverse he had for the touchdown. It was just a beautiful run, really. Um, I, I think he, he's a guy that's really starting to kind of find his – continuing to find his role in this Panthers offense. Remember, this was a, a player that basically didn't have a rookie season because he was battling injury all year long. Also battled injury a little bit during the offseason as well. Really wasn't fully healthy until training camp. And even, even – even at that, he was still kind of hit and miss as far as whether he would practice, whether he would play the preseason games. But now he's starting to get his footing. So there's just so many guys on this offense, I think. And credit to the North Turner, the offensive coordinator. I, I continue to say he has done a fantastic job of blending his ideas and kind of his old school techniques with the new school. And what I mean by that is, you know, he, he's utilizing especially a guy like Cam Newton, because he never really had a talent like Cam Newton at quarterback. So he's using his strengths, and he's using the strengths of all the offensive talent and blending in with his football knowledge, and you're seeing the result on, on the field. You're seeing the product of what what these two factors bring together, and it's just become... Now, obviously, the, the, the Steelers did a nice job stopping it, but that's because... You could argue, too, that's just more the fact that the Panthers just dug themselves into such a big hole, a lot, a lot of costly mistakes, and just a lot of big plays by the Steelers. The Panthers were just in too big of a hole that they really couldn't do a whole lot offensively. They kind of became one-dimensional. But when you're in, if you're in close games or if they're coming back from like a smaller hole like we saw against the Redskins and the Eagles, they can do a lot of the things that they like to do and really – utilize a lot of their talent and you know it, it seems like they still have a lot of bags or a lot of tricks up their sleeve so it, it it's become now where every week it's it, it becomes interesting what north turner will come come up with next so we'll see if he has anything in the bag for for detroit if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Bill Rossetti, voice of Locked On Panthers. Matt Derry with you, Locked On Lions. Quick thing, Bill, and then we'll get to predictions. But I, I look at this as, as also something that's dangerous. The Lions special teams uh, have been have been really, really struggling. Uh, when they get a good return, there's always a block in the back. Sam Martin has not punted the ball like they've wanted. Uh, kick coverage has not been good. And I look at Bird on punt returns and Samuel on kick returns. Uh, could be it could be an issue a Sunday uh, for the Lions uh, against the return game of the Panthers. You agree with me? That, that's a good point. You know, it's something that we we don't often talk about. It, it seems like it's an overlooked part of the game. But you're, you're right. Uh, Bird and Samuel are just two dynamic runners that we we've seen them make something happen. Uh, I remember, I believe it was Bird that had that long kick return for a touchdown against the Jets last season 
So, like like you said, I'll, if if the line struggles as much as you're saying, and obviously, you know, I'll I'll agree with you on that because you know that better than I do. Then I can see this being a, being a spot where special teams are going to take over, and you know, Michael Pilardi has done a nice job punting. Graham Gano just continues to be an excellent kicker. You know, look no further than the the 61 yarder to beat the Giants. So that's that that's a good question. That's that's a good point. It, it could come down to special teams if you know say the Panthers struggle on offense or they dig themselves into a big hole like they've done a couple times this season and had to work their way out of sometimes successfully, sometimes not successfully. So it could come down to, say, a, a Demir Bird punt return to give them that momentum that they're going to need. I look at this, Bill, and I, I see two teams going in opposite directions. The Lions have played some pretty good football teams this year, uh, including beating the Patriots and the Packers. But Carolina, after getting rattled and throttled last week, have an extra time after that Steeler loss to prepare. I, I just don't see any way Carolina doesn't win this football game. And yeah. uh, you know, Darius Slay, I just saw was was back at practice today, so that's a good sign for the Lions. And hopefully, he's he's back and healthy. But uh, I, I still see Cam Newton and company, just like last last year, coming in here and getting a win. So I'll I'll, I'll say, you know, a twenty-seven seventeen type game. I think for Carolina, what, what what say you? I mean, I, I got to say quick, too. I mean, we always, there's always like these weird WTF results in the <laughs> NFL, I sure. say. One of them, no doubt, is the Lions beating the Patriots in week three. I don't know how it happened. Still don't know how it happened. Uh, maybe, maybe the Patriots just wanted to see Matt Patricia the Patriots just wanted to be the team to give Matt Patricia his first win. I don't know, but you're right. I look at this Panthers offense against this Lions defense. I, I just think the the Panthers just have too much talent. And then I think this front seven is just going to get after Matthew Stafford and slow carry on Johnson up a little bit. So I, I could see this being like a 31-14 type game. I, I just... I have a hard time seeing how this Lions offense is going to, especially against what's been an improved Panthers secondary, uh, especially since the addition of Eric Reed and Dante Jackson. And I'm really curious, a guy like him, where who Dante Jackson is going to match, match up against. They tried him against Antonio Brown. Obviously, it didn't work, but I mean, it's Antonio Brown. He's a superstar. What do you want? But I'll be curious to see whether he's matched up against Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay, but overall, I just think the Panthers are more talented, really across the board. Uh, I mean, Darius Slade there's, is definitely the best corner on of all in this matchup, but r- really top to bottom, other than that, the Panthers just have the edge. So I'll say Panthers 31-14. Bill, it was a pleasure, my friend. Uh, appreciate the time again, um, just like we did last year, and uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on again, buddy. Good to talk to you. You got it. There he is. Bill Rossetti, Locked on Panthers. Mac Derry, Locked on Lions. This has been the Wednesday crossover. As we preview Sunday's game, brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.